Greetings, dear listeners, and welcome to Reformed Meditations. I'm Lee, and I'm joined once again by esteemed fellow podcaster, Josh of Shepherd's Cast. What is up this evening, Goshua? Nothing, just had some lasagna. It was delicious. I heard that it was delicious. (laughs) (laughs) It was fantastic. And also, side note, um... The the page, and this is a mouthful, I'm going to try and get it right without looking at it, epistemologically charged truths for theologically inclined youths administrator set wow. me up with, right, nailed it, set me he up with better a than workout. I've ever done. <laughs> he set me up with a workout plan like two weeks ago. I started uh, Monday, and I'm dying, literally dying. Rip. Actually, yeah. that's the sound your muscles made. Absolutely. Yeah, I can't. This is this is really it. This is as far as it's going. What what uh what routine were you doing? Was it upper body? Was it leg day? No. So I haven't worked out since law enforcement. So uh, it's been a solid three and a half years of me sitting at a desk, and and the most exercise I'm doing is is I don't know if you can hear it, but uh, so that's mm. it. That's literally all I'm doing. And uh, Wednesday. I did upper body and I still feel it. I wish it was <laughs> wish it was two weeks from now. <laughs> Listeners, this is actually the next Tuesday after that. <laughs> it's been almost a week. <laughs> this is editing Lee. Feel better, man. Put some icy hot on it. I don't know. So uh so I had I had graciously and and uh, very bravely asked what burning questions theologically that you may have had uh, in the back of your mind, just sort of stewing and going nowhere. Uh, and 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 you kindly sent some to me. And honestly, they were they were they were pretty good. You know, they weren't bad. They were thanks. They were reasonable. They were halfway cogent. I'm trying. I, I wanted to know if you scrawled them in your phone at like 3 a.m. when you got up to go to the bathroom or something. <laughs> no, no, there was one. Uh, let me see. The or longest typed them in the dark and, and misspelled so many things. <laughs> so, yeah, I probably. Let's see. There was a really long one. Nope. Maybe it was up at the top here. I think it was the second one. The really long one that I did there. I was mm-hmm. in the middle of driving and boom, it hit me. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to. I'm going to use this. I'm going to type this up right now before I forget it. And (laughs) swerving into the other lane, my wife screaming at me. She's like, why are you texting and driving? And I'm like, this is important. Have you, have you never had a burning question before? Is this a new concept to you, wife? (laughs) Because that's how married men refer to their wife as just wife. (laughs) Wife. Or or when you're, or or when you're feeling sentimental wife of mine. I don't know. I'm not married. This woman this you have. woman you gave me. <laughs> or, You're or just like your father, Adam. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> as this guy at the bookstore said, I have to choose what she reads. She doesn't. She doesn't get the opportunity. That is that is just the crazy. Tell tell just the very short version of that interaction because that so, that is some, one of the most astounding things I've heard. <laughs> so short version. Um, well, I, we're in this old kind of hole in the wall bookstore. Um, 
looking at the uh, Christian section, just kind of thumbing through some of the the half price stuff they've got going on. And this guy comes up, um, older dude. He starts off by hitting me with his credentials and then asking me if I'm in seminary. And uh, of course, yes, he, he gets the uh, the yes. And he's like, so what are you doing afterwards? He wanted, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And he get he got the next answer he wanted here too. He said, you know, so do you know what you're doing afterwards? And I'm like, absolutely not. And he said, uh, well, have I got news for you, sir? I am a spiritual guide. I'm a spirit guide, if you will. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we started talking. Pagan and at all. <laughs> he suggested um, that I read the message Bible. And then my wife walks up next to me and she's looking at the Christian fiction behind us. And uh, we, I motion towards her and he kind of figures out from context that she's my wife. And he's like, wait, you let her pick her own books. And I'm like, <laughs> try and stop her. <laughs> and, uh, he, he walks, he's like, you know, let me recommend one to you and walks away. And uh, he picks out of this weird stack, almost as if he knew where it was, this book that's called Seven uh, Mystical Women of Church History or something like that. Oh and I'm like, word. I don't think so. Thanks, though. Oh my word. Did you say, are and, you uh, one of the Desert Fathers? <laughs> He gives me his card, and his name is Richard Alan, Rohr. <laughs> Alan Sproul. What? And I, I double-check him. I'm like, so how do you pronounce this last name? He's like, it's Sproul. I said, huh, I know a Sproul. And he said, <laughs> yeah, that guy's a Calvinist. Our, our Sprouls, we, we have the extra L on there to let everyone know we're the Wesleyan Armenians. And I was like, I can't believe you tie yourself to that. Wow. <laughs> but okay. Uh, the conversation went nowhere. He ended up walking away after convincing me to read the Beatitudes in the message. And uh, that was that. <laughs> Which is not an activity I endorse, by the way, <laughs> no. reading the Beatitudes in the message. It's absolutely silly. If you just want to read one thing in the message, look for an older version and just go to Psalm 1 1. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Sin Saloon. Oh, yes, the Sin Saloon. Uh, the Message, the only Bible where you get a reference to Skid Row. <laughs> so, uh, so uh, great story. Thank you for the story time. Uh, so I want to go, I want to get to at least the first of your burning questions. Sure. Uh, would you like to read the burning question and maybe tell a little bit of background of what's got you thinking in this direction? Absolutely. I feel like there's a there could be a story behind this one. Sure. So, um, I've actually thought about this question, you know, a while back. Um, whenever I first got into uh, theology in general, not necessarily Reformed theology, and uh, I'm just going to read the question and then give the backstory. So, Catholics have, and I wrote concession, but I definitely meant confession. Uh, <laughs> Catholics have confession. Lutherans do absolution pre-service. What does this look like for the Reformed? Should we confess to who we wrong in absolution, or should it be higher than that? And uh, the reason it kind of hit me, I guess, August the 21st at 8.48 in the morning. Um, <laughs> I love I, the timestamp. Thank you. <laughs> I'm glad it wasn't like 3.15 a.m. Uh, no, there will be one of those. It's coming. You just wait. And I'm going to spam it until you respond. <laughs> I love spam. It's delicious. It is. My wife says. really does it justice. You have no idea. So, <laughs> balling on a budget. Um, 
so my Lutheran friend, he actually, it was just out of the blue. He was, he invited me to one of his services and I'm, I'm excited to check it out one time just to witness it almost oh, like, yeah. almost like going to a Catholic service just to gawk. I'm, I'm just playing. It's not that bad. Um, <laughs> I've been to one <laughs> <laughs> to a Catholic service. Yeah. Yeah. I went to a mass. That's Boy, awesome. weird. Yeah. I can't, Boy, ma- I can't imagine. Did they let you take communion? No, thankfully not. They didn't even I, they didn't even want me to, which is I great because I didn't want to. I wouldn't have even if they offered. Yeah, no way. I'm not a cannibal. Definitely not. Anyway, so he told me, he said, Yeah, um, at the beginning of service, it's just absolutely beautiful. They they stop and the, the priest, um, or not the priest, but the, the priest or the pastor. They usually call him a pastor. Yeah, there you go. He just reads absolution over us. And I'm like, Well, that sounds interesting i would like to witness that i wonder what uh what we would do in that regard and he was like yeah i was going to ask you what do you reform people do as far as mm-hmm. your confessing goes and i was like well you know a, a long time ago i come up to this and it's really just we make our confession to christ and then to one another whoever we wrong i think mm-hmm. but anyway i haven't like studied it out and i thought you know what would be a great thing for other people to also hear because i'm sure they've got some some deep buried sin that they're like i'm not telling anyone that much less the person that i wronged <laughs> so <laughs> i thought we could all get some some resolve on that yeah yeah no i i think that's a that's a really good question and there have been some protestants that have uh, kind of hungered for something more liturgical in that sense and have developed some things. But I think the reformed actually the reformed do have a history of something in this vein that I'll, that I'll get to, but let me tackle the, the Roman Catholic part first. So that for them, confession is both um, it's a sacramental issue as well as a, as an issue of priesthood. So, Confession is one of the seven sacraments of the Roman Catholic Church. And so, you know, we are two sacrament people. Actually, all Reformed people, all Protestants should be two sacrament people. Um, there are some uh, uh, Reconstructionist, not Reconstructionist, uh, Restorationist, sorry, different camps. Restorationist groups like uh, the Church of Christ uh, or, or, or things like that that have three sacraments, uh, I think the brethren as well, uh, they add foot washing as a sacrament. There were actually some Reformed Baptists that observed foot washing as a sacrament too, but um, I don't think there's any warrant for that biblically, but that's another topic. So as a whole, Reformed people are two sacrament people. So uh, for for Roman Catholics, um, and and this is slightly different than the, the way the Lutherans see it, but, you know, for the Roman Catholic your priest is your access to God, you know? So in, in his vows, he, he takes about, he's an altar Christus, another Christ. And, uh, and so the, basically the power that Christ has is kind of given to the priest, especially when it comes to forgiving sins. And so, uh, a Roman Catholic goes to confession, confesses sins to the priest as if he were Christ, you know, uh, I mean, they've got some some verbal ways around it, but basically, you're you're confessing your sins to the priest, who then he forgives you, and then assigns you um, works of of um, oh, works of contrition. So that's like you know, oh, say say ten Hail Marys and five Our Fathers, you know, or 
that that kind of thing that's kind of a, a cliche or a joke sometimes that we so it's, it's a reconciliation for them yeah you're definitely earning that um that 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 restoration that forgiveness you know you have to you have to confess it with your mouth sure but then you've got to do some other work to to make it right some restitution you might call it um you know, if, you, if you're talking in like a legal situation where, you know, you've, you've wronged someone else and the court has uh, ordered that you pay restitution in some particular way, um, it's similar, you know, within within Roman Catholic doctrine, too. This so, all ties back to infused righteousness rather than imputed righteousness. Right. It, so you're you're gaining grace. You're you're leveling up, so to speak, when you do those things. So you're not only getting forgiveness of sins, earning that with with the contrition, but you're also leveling up your own grace too. Um, so they they think the grace of Christ is infused through all the seven sacraments. Um, so that's uh yeah. So that's that's a mess. And again, back to the priestly issue as well. This is kind of where the division between even the Lutheran and the Roman Catholic view comes into play because uh, the Roman Catholics have that have that priestly office um that that uh alter christus status um for them so they're in some sort of you know altered state basically as a person when you take the vows to to enter the priesthood so protestants and this is certainly a big issue for uh for martin luther and then after him is the priesthood of all believers so every believer is a priest but pastors aren't priests, right? Every If every Christian is a priest, then you're not calling your pastor a priest anymore because you're one too, but you're not a pastor. So so, so every, every pastor is a priest, but not every priest is a pastor in, <laughs> in, in the church, you know, just to fully muddy the waters. You know? Unless you're um, a man in his family, right? That's true. Unless you're, unless you're a man in his family. <laughs> Ding! I'm getting so, all of these right. <laughs> now, it's, so uh, so I want to look at the at the Lutheran view that you mentioned now, uh, where they talk about absolution. And, and I'm no expert on Lutheran theology in, in any way, but I have heard some talks on the subject of of absolution, and um, they tie this to uh, the keys of the kingdom. You know, whatever you bind on earth. Is or is bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth is loosed in heaven, and so they're taking that to mean that uh, your pastor, your Lutheran pastor, holds the keys to the kingdom. So not not in the way that, yeah, wow, what a heavy key ring right there. You might need a, a, a an industrial grade carabiner to put those beans up, uh, to put those keys on your belt, right? Uh, so. Uh, so your your pastor has the ability to bind on earth and thus bind in heaven, uh, or, or to loose on earth and loose in heaven. And so uh, they they will do um, confession as well as absolution. But their confession, and this is this is sort of based on Luther's experience. You remember all the stories where when Luther was a monk, he'd go to confession. And he would just like he'd be there for hours, just like racking his brain, confessing every possible sin that he may have that he may have committed, um, or remembers having committed in the past that still bug him. And so, in the confession, uh, they will actually ask, you know, what what are the sins that are grieving you most, and you confess those. 
And then the priest, rather than giving you, or not sorry, priest, the pastor, because we're, we're talking Lutherans. I, I am messing this up. <laughs> we're talking Lutherans. <laughs> and the, the question. That's right. <laughs> the, 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 the pastor will then issue an absolution to you. Or pastrix and Lutheranism, right? De- depending on which, uh, which uh, Lutheran camp <laughs> you're part of. ELCA, I'm pretty sure that can happen, but um, my my LCMS guys, who I I love, even though I, I disagree with on a lot of key key things, but um, that wouldn't happen there. Um, they will issue an absolution, and you know, in in the name of Jesus Christ, I forgive you of all your sin. And, and that's you know, that's not as bad as the papist view, because it, it is tying it to Christ. And, and if they've explained it in in with the keys of the kingdom fashion, then I get that to a degree. But I still, as a Baptist now, not simply as a Protestant, since Lutherans are Protestant as well, but as a Baptist, I still feel like that is still too too submediated. It's too it's it's been passed through an additional person that I don't think there's biblical warrant to say it that way. The thing that I would say, and I think um, some Baptists, maybe even some Presbyterians, um, in in sort of pastoral counseling, p- potentially could would say something. You know, uh, a, a parishioner comes to you and confesses to to a sin that they've committed, and and you want to give them assurance uh, of their of their pardon. You would say. Jesus Christ has forgiven you of all your sins. I think that's an orthodox thing to say. I don't think I would not have a huge issue with that. It's because we need to be reminded that we that we're forgiven. Um, could it even be as vague as you are forgiven? Uh, it could be. Yeah, it very well could be. And and some Lutherans will do that as well. You are forgiven. Um, you are forgiven in Christ, or yeah. or something like that too. So, um, Pin, hold on. So um, I did ask him because I heard you say something about them confessing their like e- even just the ones that are kind of pressing them on pressing on yeah. them at that time. And I asked the Lutheran fellow that comes to our Bible study um, on alternating Mondays, and he said that same thing. And uh, but he said it happens at the beginning of every service. And I was like, so the pastor walks around and he was like, no, it, it's just kind of like a like a congregational thing. And I was like, wait, so the pastor asked you that and then everyone in the congregation just kind of yells out their dirty laundry so that everyone can hear. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, no. And I'm like, OK, I need explanation. <laughs> so he explains that there's like a bulletin uh, um, that they uh, that they give out kind of like a, at a, your typical church, I guess. Mm-hmm. And in this bulletin at the beginning is going to be the absolution request or the, or the something like that, mm-hmm. something of that nature. And that like you would confess your sins kind of internally or in a prayer. And then you would mm-hmm. do the same, but in this prayer, this request mm-hmm. at the beginning, and then the priest would say, te absolvo. Mm-hmm. Or yeah, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh and, and yeah, there's kind of two ways that they go about it. And actually that's that's building a bridge to to what I'm gonna say 
happens in the reformed world. Sorry. Um, so that, no, you're, it's perfect. <laughs> okay. the, the synchronicity occurring in this call right now is unbelievable. It's over 9,000. Over 9,000. <laughs> like, it's like we're connected by the Holy Spirit or something. Exactly. Yeah. Who would have thought? Uh, there, there are kind of two places where, where it happens, especially for Lutherans. You know, so there's the private um, pastor and parishioner discussion, confession. Um, but then there's the, the public, I would even call it liturgical confession time. And I think it's the liturgical confession uh, and and absolution, uh, or I would I would call it um, assurance of pardon, uh, that that is probably the best uh, bridge into reformed practice. Um, so if you ever look at um, reformed orders of worship, even historically, um, there will be some reference uh, to um, confession and assurance of pardon. You could even search that phrase "assurance of pardon," and it's not—it's not absolution, right? Because nothing is being absolved. So, so for reformed people, you know, we believe uh, rightly, I think, according to Scripture, that uh, when the believer is forgiven in Christ, all of your sins are forgiven, past, present, and future, uh, according to your your earthly life. Of course, you know. The Father exists outside of time, so um, all of those sins placed on Christ on the cross are from outside of time. Um, and so we can say past, present, future. So so it's really not an absolution. Those sins have been absolved. They've been forgiven in Christ. So we need to be reminded uh, – we need to be reminded that, that we are forgiven. And so um, – so this assurance of pardon uh, comes after a time of, uh, I would say, silent corporate repentance. Um, so so uh, you'll see uh, like a prayer of confession, or sometimes it's it's looped into. Uh, I don't I don't know if your pastor does this, but my pastor does a long pastoral prayer during the service as well uh, after our our uh, public reading of scripture, and that confession of sin. Um, that that stands for the whole community is given during that prayer. So that's built on us living a life of repentance during the week all the way. So we don't have a priest standing between us and God through whom we have to get our forgiveness. When we sin, we have an advocate with the Father uh, and whoever lives to to plead for us before the throne. So uh, which is a radical concept for some. <laughs> For some people, but uh, um, so so we when it comes to the confession part, that that's between us and and God directly. Um, you know, if, if we need counsel, obviously our, our pastors would love to counsel us. So, um, but we don't need to confess to the pastor in order to be forgiven. Um, there are there are times in certain circumstances where uh, you would need to to. Um, to bring your sins before your pastor, of course. Um, but just as a, a normal matter of practice, uh, we confess our sins before God directly. Um, so this this liturgical assurance of pardon, confession and assurance of pardon, is for the entire gathered church uh, on the Lord's Day. 
Um, so obviously you could be thinking and, and repenting in your heart during that time of prayer. Um, but then that assurance of pardon stands for you. And it's, and it's usually, uh, you know, a, a read aloud Bible verse that speaks to the forgiveness of sins. Um, it could just simply be further uh, words of, of the pastor's prayer, reminding those hearing that, that uh, we, we repent of our sins and we know that we are forgiven in Christ. Um, one of the big verses at, at my home church is Romans 8.1, uh, for there is therefore now no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. Uh, that stands as a pretty good assurance of pardon as well. Um, so uh, so that I think that would be the best way that I would say that the Reformed do something like this. Uh, I think that the Reformed do it in a bib more biblical way than than even Lutherans, and certainly more biblical than Roman Catholics. Um, but I think it is key because we do need to, to be reminded that we're forgiven. Um, we need to confess our sins as we go on. It's, it's part of our sanctification, but we're not confessing our sins from a place of fear or, or worry that we've lost our salvation. Uh, and we shouldn't be confessing our sins in order to make ourselves more saved either. Um, which there are have there have been people that have fallen into that trap too, so I think this this reminder that you're forgiven, this word uh, from the pastor on the Lord's day, this reminder that you are forgiven is is really key as a reminder. Not saying that it, not that saying those words changes anything in you the way that it it would be in Roman Catholic theology, but it's a reminder a constant reminder to a forgetful people that they're forgiven in Christ. Okay, cool. Interesting. So I've never heard of, well, let me take that back. <clears throat> the order of servicing, as soon as you said that, I don't know if you could hear it in the microphone or not, but I purposely click clacked on the keyboard on uh, super loud. And uh, <laughs> I looked up order of worship for the Lord's day. And I was follow along, following along with you kind of. Oh, yeah, so um, if you go there, the red text is basically the uh, the order, and then the, the black text is the examples. Oh, yeah. So, for instance, um, it starts off with portions of Scripture to be read, mm -hmm. um, with yep. the votum, sentences, and salutations. And then I went down to the confession part. Let's see, where's that at? Yeah, so there's a hymn and then a prayer of confession. Yeah, there it is. Prayer of confession. Okay, so that was interesting because I've never – I. so the way our pastor does it um, at this newer church um, mm -hmm. is he comes up there. He gives a 40-minute introduction. It's great. I've never uh, actually been able to say that our – service went super long but now mm -hmm. it goes long enough to actually get some meat it's interesting anyway awesome. so he gets started you do need to be fed at church yeah he does a massive introduction um and then he does uh the scripture reading and then a prayer so um i don't i can't say that i've ever especially word for word i i can't say that i've heard him do anything like that uh or the assurance of pardon um, it's more of like your typical Baptist, but with a very reformed mm -hmm. lean. I'm sending you a link right now 
uh, from the Center for Baptist Renewal, which is a really cool website um, that I really love. Um, under their resources tab, one of the resources, uh, it, it says sample liturgies. Um, and there are five general liturgies in there, which would just be another word for order of service. Um, so I sent you the link to the first one. And this takes a slightly different tack uh, than the one that you just mentioned. Um, this this is very, um, very much like a traditional, almost high church liturgy, which I'm not opposed to, uh, mm. as long as it's it's biblical. And a lot of issues with high church liturgy is that it's not regulative. Um, there's a lot of extra stuff in there that's not uh, expressly uh, commanded to to be done in corporate worship. Kind of um, extra pharisaical kind of. Yeah, yeah, extra posturings and all sorts of added elements. Um, but in this sample liturgy one, uh, after the call to worship, which is responsive, so there's a reader and then the people respond uh, two, two back and forths and then a hymn. They do an Old Testament lesson, which would just be <clears throat> a reading from an Old Testament passage. Then they sing a hymn. And then there's a confession of sin, which again is another a responsive where a reader says a part and the people say a part. Um, and so there, the reader says then the final part of that is is a a prayer. It's it's read out, but it's a prayer, uh, certainly of of uh, humility, um, humbling ourselves. It says we delude ourselves into thinking that our lives exist for ourselves. This is from the middle of that of this particular prayer. Well, we delude ourselves into thinking that our lives exist for ourselves, that our money belongs to us, that our children exist for our happiness. Uh, our bodies and minds exist for our own pleasure, that our ambitions and vocations exist for our platform, dot, 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 dot. You know, further on it says, forgive us, Father, and teach us that godliness does not equate to repenting less. And Father, we confess on behalf of this nation, uh, people who persist in a manner of wickedness and bolden us to be a witness for righteousness, a voice crying in the desert. Okay, so, um, and, and again, that's, that's standing. Those words are being said on behalf of, of the entire people. But then after that, there's a section of private confession which I assume would be a, silent, a period of silent prayer. And then when that is done, there's an assurance of pardon read from 1 Peter 2, 9 and 10. Uh, for, but you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, people for his own possession. Um, and then a little exhortation after that. Brothers and sisters, hear these words with confidence. You no longer belong in the darkness, but you have been brought into his glorious light. If you have clung to Christ by faith, you belong to God and are part of a holy nation, a royal priesthood. Your sins are stones at the bottom of the ocean, and you are seated with Christ in the heavenlies. This is not wishful thinking. It is a promise from God himself. If your faith is in Christ, you have been exhaustively forgiven of your sins. Amen. And so that that's just another example of, of how that can go. Um, it can be as formal <clears throat> as you want to make it, and it can be very informal and, uh, and flow together uh, from one aspect of the service and flow directly into the next aspect. So, uh, but I do think it's, a, it's an important part of a, of a reformed liturgy um, because we can't pretend that we don't sin. Uh, pe biblical people have to affirm that we must continue to repent of our sins because we, we continue in our sin. Uh, we're not sinless perfectionists who... Uh, we were sinners, then we were wholly sanctified, and now we just make mistakes. You know, no, you know, 
Simul Eustace, Eustace. at Picotter. There we go. <laughs> I Picotter? Saw, so, uh, yeah. I think. Peccator. Peccator? Are you sure? I've I listened to enough RC. I, I, <laughs> I pick up on the Latin, sir. Yeah, well, he's he's he he mispronounced other things too. So sometimes I don't trust his pronunciation. Hush, hush. <laughs> he's very colloquial sometimes. Not as colloquial as Steve Lawson, though. But <laughs> so anyway, the Lawsonian PowerPoint. I'm one of those jerks that like I see it on paper more than I hear it, and then I think the way that I say it in my head is right. Yeah, I do that so much. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I did want to ask though: Is this so looking at the sample liturgy, they put it at the beginning, um, which I assume, I mean, it, not only does it kind of make sense, but I would assume that it's kind of tied into Matthew 5, 23 through 24, where it's like, you know, mm -hmm. if you have something against your brother, et cetera, et cetera, do mm -hmm. um, you bring it before you make your offering or something like that? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I'm sure that's probably the reason they do it that way. Um, and, 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 you know, and I think that's fine. I, I think that's fine. But this is, you know, they're not in <clears throat> when they do, at least in this this liturgy that I brought up, when they do the private confession of I don't think they're, you know, crisscrossing the aisles to the people that they've wronged and say, hey, I'm sorry for blah, 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 such and such thing. <laughs> you know, you kind of do that on your time, not on the Lord's time. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think just, uh, you can just imagine that. This is my time. What are you doing? <laughs> Sit down. Get back to your pew. We got singing to do. <laughs> but uh, uh, but uh, I, yeah, I. So I think that's probably part of that logical flow. I think you. I think you picked up on the right thing there. Um, I think most most churches that do this do it in sort of the middle of the service, uh, certainly before the sermon. Um, <clears throat> Uh, or, or just for the sake of the flow of the service, just kind of putting that aspect into the time of the set time of prayer during the worship service instead of a separate time, um, just to again, just for a for a flow, just for the for the the ease of the flow of the service, I would assume. Um, and those are things that are fine. That's not necessarily a, a regulative issue. Um, that that's up to the uh, the best decision making of the elders as they put the order of worship together. Um, ours ours happens kind of in the middle of the service before the <clears throat> before the sermon, but um, so yeah, but definitely uh, uh, the other part of your question about you know uh, should we confess to those uh, to those we, that we've wronged uh, in absolution? I, I would say we'd be doing that in the course of our lives. You know, don't don't sit on those sins and <clears throat> and wait till Sunday morning to uh, to take care of them. Uh, Take care of them now. You know, if there's somebody that that you're eating up with guilt that that you've wronged, then uh, go talk to them. You know, go 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 solve it. Okay, just go just just go deal with it. Okay. <laughs> Don't wait till Sunday to air the dirty laundry. Go go take care of it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> it killed me. <laughs> I found the emote thing on this this camera. Uh, this program and I was spamming. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I was going to explain for, for, okay. for, for you blessed people who don't have to watch us right now. There are just okays floating to the top of the stream. Thanks to, thanks to Josh. So good going. <laughs> and then you, you ended that with, 
okay? And I'm okay. like, oh, this is it. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, awesome. Burning is that, question. Is that, a, is that a reasonable answer to your question? Absolutely. So, uh, in, in other words, don't worry about confessing. You're fine. <laughs> <laughs> don't confess ever. You're completely sanctified. If you've been baptized, you're forgiven forgiven of all your sins. If you uh, sin all again, gone. are you saved? You are living on a different plane. <laughs> you are floating above the ground, my brother. So, Mike Todd, uh, I, I know me. It's been 11 years. I've never sinned. <laughs> like, bro, you just did. Yeah. You just did. Just lied. You, you sinned in two different ways. You lied and you were prideful. And you grew your leg an extra inch. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the length of your legs really does show your, your holiness. You know, if, you, if you've got two legs that are two different lengths, even just the smallest amount, you are living in sin. Sharing the gospel with that person is like throwing a pearl before swine. <laughs> Better take that back in case someone heard that. Uh, yeah. I have a, I, I just, I have a history with uh, um, uh, sinless perfectionists. Um, <laughs> there's a there's a crowd of them sort of in in my area and it is just so obnoxious it is just one of the most obnoxious beliefs um and and, and if you it's so funny because you try to press i'm gonna get on a soapbox on this now thank you uh be prepared uh they'll go back and forth if you press them on it they'll say well we don't really say that you don't sin we just say that you don't have to sin i'm like that isn't what you said though you said we do we don't sin anymore and if you if you sin, why do you keep talking about mistakes? You've changed the category, but you haven't changed the behavior. Thought. And so so either you're you're going to tell people they don't sin, and so they're going to go sin, they're going to sin boldly, but not even see it as sin. So they're going to they're going to blatantly uh, run the the name of Christ through the mud. But then, what happened? I'm not sure. What are you talking about? Oh, wow. This is interesting. Sorry, keep okay. going. I, I didn't mean to do what, whatever. Huh. Okay. Anyway, I'll cut that out. So the, that theology, you're either going to be sinning, making, telling people just go ahead and sin uh, because it's not a sin. It's a mistake. <clears throat> and so they'll be living in sin or you'll have people who do commit sin and are going to be so eaten up with shame about it that they'll hide it instead of repenting of it. And they'll be afraid that because I've sinned, I'm not saved anymore. So if I just don't tell people that I've sinned and, and hide it well enough, then I'll be okay. And no, that, that just isn't how it works. And, and you, you, you harm souls by telling them this. Um, so, I, you know, I would just tell people and, uh, and John Owen, who I know that you've been reading a lot of lately, it, yeah. Probably in his most quotable sentence, be killing sin or sin will be killing you. Okay. <laughs> be killing sin. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Sorry. Uh, the whiteboard. Uh, let me just, there we go. Did it go away? <laughs> it did. <laughs> I thought you, I thought you were screen sharing work. No, that's interesting, man. <laughs> so yeah, killing the, or be killing you. It's true. It's really true. 
John Owen knew what he was talking about. So he did. Okay, so I think what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna I'm gonna insert here a uh we'll just go ahead and do like a sign off type deal and you know give the handles and all that stuff and then if you want to go on and and do another question with, with any remaining time we can totally do that it's totally up to you but uh so uh i'm gonna i'm just gonna we'll do a little outro dealio here um, well i uh so that was a that was a great question, Goshua. I really appreciate you sending it, and uh, it was good to think through this this topic. So, um, as we bring it to a close, uh, why don't you tell the people where they can find you and your lovely podcast? Um, on Apple, you can find me on Apple or or Spotify, or uh, I think I'm on Pocket Cast at Shepherd's Cast. Um, but you can definitely find me on Facebook or my uh link tree that'd probably be the safest bet you can just find everything from there at shepherd's link cast tree. link tree is fantastic is your link tree in your bio on twitter i haven't looked oh i don't know if not it should be my twitter following is pathetic so i don't, I don't know see that's where my link tree lives for the podcast as well at ref meditations on twitter thank you very much uh, as we record this today, there was a weird meme going on on Twitter where the uh, the Washington Post just tweeted the word "news" all in lowercase. I don't know who made the mistake, but man, it was taking over Twitter. And like NPR wrote the word "radio" all in lowercase, and uh, a, a Twin Peaks page that I like called the Black Lodge Cult tweeted the words "Twin Peaks" in lowercase. Uh, and so, of course, because I'm a a, a a hound for the memes, I uh, I tweeted the word podcast in lowercase. I don't know if if you follow me or not, but literally 50 seconds ago, I put memes in all lowercase. I love it. I, I'm I'm gonna retweet it. <laughs> I'm I'm actually pulling up my my Twitter right now to find Shepherd's Cast and retweet that. So now people will know. Now you are challenged. If you're listening to this, go find it, and you'll know exactly when we were recording. <laughs> this is Ooh, how you create an audience, man. You <laughs> I got my first retweet. Was that your first retweet? No, no. I I post, you know, absolutely amazing garbage. content oh, all the right. time. Amazing oh, content. garbage! <laughs> I've only had like one. That may be my third retweet total. It's a little sad. Well, I'm glad to be the third. Thanks. It's John Owen. I, I post a lot of uh, quotes, and no one likes the retweet quotes. You know, my six followers uh, don't like retweeting my quotes. No, oh, I got 19. I lied. Wow, where did they all come from? Bots. <laughs> That's okay. I'm okay with bots. So, today in Christian history is following me. Love it. Great page. I love them. All right, Josh, thank you so much. I appreciate it, and, and we'll be back again to, to uh, tackle more burning questions in the coming weeks. Sounds great. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace. <laughs>